0: Greetings from St Bride's Church Fleet Street here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is one of the most famous and historic churches in London. Behind me, just over that wall, you can still see the remains of a Roman pavement dating back to around 180 AD and there's been a church on this site since the 6th century. So it's a privilege for us to be keeping alive that tradition and the message of Christ's love for all here today. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always a great pleasure to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details in the accompanying text. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. I welcome you very warmly to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the Feast of Christ the King. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holiness. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou then, O God, which confess their faults,
1: the Old Testament lesson is written in the book of the prophet Daniel, chapter 5, beginning at the first verse. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, whilst he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, of wood, and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand, and wrote over against the candlestick upon the pleister of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were lucid, and his knees smote one against another. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake, and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing, and show me the interpretation thereof, shall be clothed with scarlet, and have a chain of gold about his neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing, nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astonied. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, he came into the banquet house. And the queen spake and said, O king, live for ever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father, made master of magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, Interpreting of dreams, and showing of hard sentences, and dissolving of doubts, were found in the same Daniel, with a king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then was Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake, and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judea? whom the king my father brought out of Jewry. I have even heard of thee, that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But they could not show the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of thee, that thou canst make interpretations, and dissolve doubts. Now, if thou canst read the writing, and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet, and have a chain of gold about thy neck, and shalt be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the most high God gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom, and majesty, and glory, and honour. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages, trembled and feared before him. Whom he would he slew and whom he would he kept alive and whom he would he set up and whom he would he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne and he took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men and his heart was made like the beast's and his dwelling was with the wild asses. They fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, until he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointeth over it whomsoever he will. And thou his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. And they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives, and thy concubines, have drunk wine in them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God, in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified? Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. And this is the writing that was written. Mene, Mene, Tekel, Euphazin. This is the interpretation of the thing. Many. God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances, and art found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided, and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet, and put a chain of gold about his neck, and made a proclamation concerning him, that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. In that night was Belshazzar the king of the Chaldeans slain, Darius the Medean took the kingdom, being about three score and two years old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: testament reading is taken from john chapter 6 beginning at the first verse after these things jesus went over the sea of galilee which is the sea of tiberius and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased and jesus went up into a mountain and there he sat with his disciples And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread, that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet, that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force, to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain, himself alone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: May
4: I speak in the name of the Living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. This evening I'd like to share with you some of my reflections during the COP26 meeting in Glasgow, prompted amongst other things by comments that reference the passage from John's Gospel that we just heard. In a Church Times podcast called Everyone Now, Which is freely available online to anyone who might be interested, Damaris Albuquerque, director of the Nicaraguan Council of Protestant Churches, reflecting on the climate crisis, notes that the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 actively involves others. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish but what are they among so many people? Jesus instructed them to make the people sit down on the green grass. He gave thanks and then distributed the food, enough for all to eat and with enough remaining to fill 12 baskets. Damaris reminds us that this story speaks of our calling to use what we have however inadequate it might at first appear, and rather than hoard for ourselves, to share with others following Christ's example. Jesus said, As the Father hath sent me, even so I send you. When we share openly with one another, miracles can occur. I also came across a quote from George Mombio's book Heat which struck me both for its insight on the one hand and its oversight on the other. He writes that climate change is the greatest danger the world now faces and yet those who are campaigning to reduce the impact of climate change are astonishingly few. It appears to be easier to persuade people to protest against all kinds of relatively trivial issues than to confront a threat to our existence," he says. And he goes on. There is an obvious reason for this. In other cases, something is being done to us. In this case, we are doing it to ourselves. In fighting climate change, we must fight not only the oil companies the airlines and the governments of the rich world, we must also fight ourselves. It is a campaign not for abundance but for austerity. It is a campaign not for more freedom but for less. It is a campaign not just against other people but also against ourselves. To begin with that passages insight them. I think what George Monbiot points to is a very interesting dynamic presented by climate change. Namely, the battle it involves, not least within ourselves. Gus Speth, an American writer, academic and civil servant who's been at the heart of global climate change politics for decades, provides illumination. He says, I used to think the top environmental problems were biodiversity loss, ecosystem collapse and climate change. I thought that with 30 years of good science, we could address those problems. But I was wrong. The top environmental problems are selfishness, greed and apathy. To deal with those, we need a spiritual and cultural transformation, and we scientists don't know how to do that. To the oversight in George Monbiot's quotation then, and what Gaspeth intimates towards, it's the role and the contribution of faith in addressing climate change. Because climate change, in the end, reflects the age-old battle in our world, in our communities, and in our hearts. Namely, the battle between those forces of selfishness, greed, and apathy on the one hand, and compassionate generosity and love on the other. And it's ultimately a battle between life and death. Today's Gospel and Maris Albuquerque's analysis of it points to the nature of God's abundance. There need be no austerity of compassion, no austerity of love. In its sharing, it grows. It is not depleted, but rather expanded, deepened, enriched. In recognising this economy of grace, might not our relationships with the material world be changed, freeing us from our destructive patterns of exploitation? Our planet remains on course, even by optimistic estimates, for very damaging climate change, significant loss of biodiversity and a wide range of negative social impact, particularly on the most vulnerable in our world. We live in a culture that often ignores death. Its reality is often too difficult and too painful to face. As Christians, though, the knowledge of Christ's victory over death can help us to look and not be overwhelmed. With our eyes open, we see that the forces of death are powerfully arrayed, and yet, we slumber still. The resources and capacities at our disposal look meagre. Nevertheless, we can deploy them, and not just for ourselves, but for others, and as we do so, we might give thanks and pray for miraculous working in our lives. All glory be to him, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit now and to the ages of ages. Amen. Let us pray. Christ, our King, enthroned on the cross, bearing insults and torments for our redemption, by your blood may true peace reign. We ask that you would bless and guide your body, the Church, that we may exalt you and share in the inheritance of the saints in light. We ask for your blessing, On Alison, our rector, Sarah, our bishop, Justin and Stephen, our archbishops. Also today on the United Church of Bangladesh and Samuel Sunil Mankin, moderator and bishop of Kushtia. In our own diocese, we pray for the work and ministry of all the retired clergy in the Wilsdon area. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ our King, you endure the scoffing of leaders and ridicule from bystanders. Rescue us from the grip of darkness and cynical abuses of power. Strengthen all who strive for justice by your glorious power pray especially for the leaders of the nations. We pray for our government and our Queen and we pray for journalists and particularly those who are in harm's way in the course of their work. Lord in thy mercy hear our prayer. Christ our King In lonely agony, you bore the pains of the world. Be with all who are afflicted. Be a present help, O Lord, in times of trouble, and give courage and strength to all who fear. We ask for your blessing on those in our parish community, in this city and around the world, who are in need at this time. We remember in the silence of our hearts any others known to us who are in need, and all who suffer in body, in mind, or in spirit. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Christ our King, gather in your mercy all who have shared in your passion, whose earthly striving has ceased. We pray for all the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. May we, with them, come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Lord, in thy mercy hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept accept these prayers prayers. for the the sake sake of of Thy Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen.